Welcome to Life Hurts God Heals. We're back. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah, welcome to season four, episode one of uh, Life Hurts God Heals. And it's a big deal. It's been a few months since we've been back on uh, on the air again. And what's fun about this is there's uh, there's been a, a few changes. The big one is that Kim Ward, who's with me today, is uh, has been a guest quite frequently over season three, has now moved from special guest Aye. <laughs> to special host. She okay, is you've co- got to stop emphasizing special like that. <laughs> Does it make you feel awkward? Does it make you... <laughs> think of other things. I'm not even, uh, even talking like that. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, we'll, we'll pretend you didn't say that. I didn't say anything, actually. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, the the beauty of live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't go back and edit anything out. Not a single word. So anyway, we get to uh, yeah, we get to welcome you, Kim, uh, as my host with me, co-host. I guess we're both co-hosts. I never understand how to say that. I have no idea. I think idea. we're just both hosts. Sure. Whatever works. The two hosts. The two hosts like of the, the podcast. Like the two <sighs> Name that movie. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I bet you can't. Probably can't. <laughs> My cousin Vinny. Yep. You were right. I couldn't have. Yeah. Anyway. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm obviously really excited to do this. You know, I've really enjoyed going on last year, so that was totally one of those God things where I was literally praying last year. I was like, God, if you want me to do this, Kurt has to bring it up, because I'm not going to. And you did. So, here we are. It's either a credit to your prayers or a credit (laughs) to my sensitivity to God, or both. Or both. (laughs) You know, one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, can I just be honest and say when you said last year, it freaked me out for a second to realize (laughs) that was last year. Yeah. It's like still, still hard to really, (laughs) to grasp that it is 2021. Yeah. That is a little strange. And here we are. It's March. So we're in the fourth month of the new year and this is our first third oh, yeah, month third month i'm anticipating my birthday yeah you, you, we're both jumping the gun on just, that one can we just yes you already got my presents which i do so nice hey i got your christmas present too that's crazy hey. <laughs> that's crazy talk no it, it's called planning yeah like i said crazy <laughs> oh brother crazy talk so speaking of the the new year all, all kidding aside um, that's what we're talking about. Three months in, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, there's already been time enough for, to have experiences with God and in his presence. Yeah. So our whole show today really is reflecting back on what, how, how we've seen God move, where he's been for us, who he's been who he's revealed himself to be, who he's revealed us to be in uh, in the last few months. See, I'm not going to say four this time, I'm going to say few. <laughs> so what we're going to do is just kind of go back and forth, in, you know, interviewing each other, which is ironic because the last show of 2020 was, was a reversal of you interviewing me, right? Yep. So this is fun. So let's, uh, yeah, let's just get started. I guess I get to go first in, uh, in talking about where God has, uh, has revealed himself to me. And this is where you get to tune in and ask questions and interrupt me and clarify things. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, yeah, so what has God been showing you? So here, here's a question back uh. in the style of Jesus. He's <laughs> great at this, right? Yeah. Answering questions with questions. Just to help me, mm-hmm. this is just for you to help uh, remind me. I, that, how much did I talk about the examine in 
in season three? Did we? We mentioned it when we were talking about spiritual practices um, with the Enneagram. Okay. But I don't know how much detail. I don't think we went into a ton of detail on that particular one. Okay. So. I'm getting old and losing my memory, so I need you young people. Oh, brother. To keep me in line. So, one of the things that um, God has done for, uh, really revealed to me is that, at least in the last year, and I can't believe I'm talking, we're talking a year ago, almost to the day when, uh, well, actually, it'll be a little bit, it'll be Easter when I started my sabbatical, that God began to really teach me how much I don't listen in prayer. How much I talk, which is not shocking, but how much I, you know, that I don't really, that I neglect the other end of the conversation and and letting him speak and and listening to what he has to say. And I, I, I don't remember who it was. It was a friend of mine. Uh, I think it was a, a, a friend named Johnny hmm. who, uh, not the Johnny you're thinking of, I think. Probably not. Johnny May. Yeah, not the Johnny I was thinking of. Who said, uh, Kurt, who's it more important to hear from uh, in prayer? You or God? (laughs) Who needs to hear from the other? (laughs) And uh, and so now what I would say to that is it's very important for God to hear from us because when we share what's on our hearts with God, it opens us up to to receive like putting ourselves in a place of being honest with God. It's not that he needs to hear it. He knows. But we need him to hear it because when we speak it, it really puts us in a place of, uh, of receptivity and listening. So, but the other side of that is that we have to listen to receive. And so one of the practices that God has helped bring me into a place of listening in my prayer life over the last year is the examine, which is this ancient practice, this ancient spiritual practice of of basically being still in God's presence and asking a question. And the question is, where are you? Where were you for me? You know, where was your presence? The way I ask it is, where was your presence in the last 24 hours? Yeah. And then I follow it up with like two clarifying questions. Where did I see your presence? Where did I experience or perceive it? And where did I miss it? And then I sit in silence and the hard part in the silence is is relaxing, trusting that God will, um, that he will bring the memories to mind that I don't, I don't have to step in and try to conjure those memories up, right? That he will actually do it. And it gets a little uncomfortable because I find, in the, in the beginning at least, when I first started this, I found how much I really didn't trust him for that, that I put a lot of effort into trying to think of stuff. And uh, in practice makes perfect, as they say. And while I'll never be perfect at, at it, I would say over the months of doing this every morning. Some people do it in the evenings. I do it in the morning because I'm alert. So if you're a night person, do it at night, you know, before you go to bed. If you're a morning person like me, don't try. <laughs> Just fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's part of the beauty of prayer, really, is is understanding, you know, who you are. And so for me, knowing who I am as a morning person, that... Uh, Getting up and doing that first thing is is really the start of my day, and it's been so powerful to to sit there and, and ask God, God, where was your presence in the last twenty four hours? Where did I see you? Where did I miss you? And let Him bring the memories to mind. And as He shows me the memories where I did see Him, where I noticed Him, and I stepped into that, oh, I thank Him, and there's joy in that. And I I write them down now in my journal. I write them down and um, and direct them uh, back to God. Like when I write these things down, I write it in 
to God. I used to write it in third person, like I was talking to another person. Now I write it directly to God, right? Um, and, and also the joy of him showing me what, where I missed him. Because, you know, we all want second chances. Hmm. And oftentimes when we, we've, like, messed up the day before, wished we were more attentive to God, we don't really take the time to examine things. <laughs> Honestly, why it's called the examine, right? And uh, the unexamined life is, is the, per the person who lives the unexamined life is doomed to repeat his mistakes, and so the joy of sitting and asking God, where did I miss you, and him showing me, is that that gives me a greater understanding of um, where I can be focused today. You know, and I can go, oh, today, today, I, I missed that yesterday. But, and so thank you for revealing that, letting me see it, because you can't fix a problem if you don't know what the problem is, right? And uh, so it's, it's a joy to then go today and be more in tune, you know? And it helps. So doing that and reflecting on yesterday helps me more be more aware of his presence today and where he's working. And doing that every day just brings more and more of, of his presence and makes me more aware of his presence is always here. And there's been, so that, that's, that's really more of what's been happening across the last year, but pretty much since almost before the new year and in the last few months, he added a little subtle nuance to that. We've done a few shows on Lexio Divina yeah. and, and um, letting the scriptures also be listening prayer and asking God three questions. And reading through the scriptures three times for God to answer those three questions. And I was doing that at, around Christmas with my family, um, the people in my family who enjoy such things. Hmm. And my brother-in-law and I, my brother-in-law Matt and I were doing it at his house. And we were doing, the passage we were in was Colossians 3. And what's really cool about that was as we were reading through it and I'm going to read it right now because I have it in my journal notes now every day that passage uh, it starts with do not lie to one another this is Colossians 3 um, 9 uh, verses 9 through 15 do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And I'm going to jump to verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on, do you see that theme? <laughs> Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And as we were reading that, a couple things jumped out immediately. This picture formed in my mind. It was all this, this talk about putting on, like clothes, putting on, putting on. And this picture developed in my mind of a loving parent who, while the child is still sleeping, takes these clothes, set aside for that child for that day, and that day alone, and puts them lovingly folded at the foot of the bed, and while the kid's still sleeping, and creeps out, and, and leaves that there. And I just pictured God as our loving parent, as this says, right? Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. We're his chosen holy and beloved ones, right? And in his love for us, he has put these garments, he's put these things for us to wear today at the foot of the bed. And those garments are him. Mm. 
As Paul says somewhere else, he writes, put on Christ, clothe yourself in Christ. And I just pictured this beautiful, this beautiful thing is that God, this, the, this golden light, the glory of God, the kavad of God, sitting at the foot of the bed waiting for us to put on for that day. And that is a daily practice that we have to do, put on clothes. It would be very disturbing if we did not put on clothes and walked out of the house, <laughs> right? So it's a daily practice that we don't neglect for physical. And it, brought, it just caught me that, but I neglect that spiritually yeah. to, to intentionally clothe myself in Christ who is offering himself to me today, you know? He's offering himself to me today. So one other thought came up, but first, before you can put on today's clothes, what do you have to do? You have to take off the previous day's clothes. Right. And so this is where the beauty of this nuance of examine comes in. So the examine is about yesterday. It's about examining to see where God, where God's presence was for me yesterday. And where he wasn't. Where, I mean, where he was, where I missed him and where I saw him, right? Yeah. And so now, taking off yesterday's clothes is like the headline of the examine for me. I picture those clothes waiting for me in Colossians 3 to put them on in prayer. But first, I have to take off yesterday's stuff. I have to take off the good stuff, the times I saw God, and I also have to take off the bad stuff, the times I missed him. And so when I ask him for those two things, and I, I write them down. I write down, I have like the good stuff, the bad stuff uh, under the clothes, yesterday's clothes. I have those two categories. And now I just write them down. And once I write down all the good stuff that I, that he brings to mind where I saw him yesterday and noticed him in those moments, and all the stuff where I missed him, and I've written it down, I go back through and I just, I leave it. I prayerfully take it off in my mind, these things, and I leave it at his throne. I leave it there. So yesterday's fail failures are left in the presence of God. And yesterday's glory, these moments of victory, are left at the throne of God because we can't ride into we can't ride into today from yesterday's glories they're done that was yesterday and if we live in that you know in the afterglow of that we're missing what God has for us today so i take those things off and lay them back down and i'm free i'm free of the good and the bad i'm not enslaved to yesterday and now I clothe myself into in what God, who God is for me today. And I go through and I pray those things. And I've added other things in, but I pray those things. I pray and I announce every morning, God, you have clothes for me because I am your chosen one, holy and beloved. And so I like I literally do that. I <laughs> I go in and, you know, and uh and declare that of myself. And then I start to, you know, clothe myself in what he showed me, right? Um, what, what those things about God, you know, like compassion, that's in, this, in Colossians 3, right? Kindness, humility, meekness, which is really, for me, self-control, right? Yeah. Not so knowing when to stop, knowing when to stop, knowing when when is enough, right? Yeah. And uh, patience, bearing with one another, so forbearance, uh, forgiveness, and putting on love. It says which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So I see love is the belt, <laughs> right? You need a belt to hold up the clothes because even <laughs> if you put them on and walk out and don't have a belt, oh. sometimes that's a bad thing too. Uh, yeah. Reminds me of a time where I used to. I got to tell this story because it's funny. It. So my great grandfather, um, he I would mow his lawn, and he had this big riding lawnmower. And as a kid, you know, that's a fun thing. That's know? just awesome. Yeah, 
as a 12-year-old kid. That's, mm. That was just great. And the thing about my great-grandfather was he was a bit of a control freak. When I say a bit, I mean a lot. And so he would watch me. He had five acres that I would mow. And this huge side yard was part of that, right? Yeah. It's like two acres in itself. And he would watch me mow it to make sure I did it exactly the way he wanted it done. Oh, right? Man. This guy was the fire chief at one time in our town. He was also the postmaster at one time in our town. So he's used to bossing people around. Now he's a retired, you know, 70-year-old something. He's got to have somebody to tell what to do. So it was me. Luckily, <laughs> you know, yay for me. So... One day, anytime I didn't hear him over the lawnmower, he would come out, like, and he would yell at me, right? And I could tell when I didn't, you know, hear him the first time because he usually had this angry look on his face when he was coming outside, mm -hmm. making me stop, telling me first how I didn't listen to him over the roar of <laughs> the lawnmower, and second, what I did wrong. Well, this particular day, he has this smile, this grin from ear to ear, Right? And I'm like, okay, this is really weird. What is going on? I, I, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know how to act because he's smiling instead of looking angry. And so I pull up and he's laughing and I'm like, what? And he's like, I've been sitting here yelling at you, yelling at you, and you didn't hear me. And so I took a big suck, you know, breath, sucked in to yell and my pants fell down around my ankles. <laughs> And oh, so here I am man. standing in the middle of the yard with, you know, <laughs> my pants oh. around my ankles because my belt wasn't tight enough. And so he's like, I had to quickly pull my pants up and that just happened. And so he's laughing about it. And, and that's just a great illustration of by how if we don't like love is the belt and all these other things about who God is are bound together with love. And if we don't, Bind them all together with love. It doesn't matter, like First uh, Corinthians 13 says, right? If we do all these things for God, but we don't have love, what does that matter? Yeah. Our pants are around our ankles. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> you know? going to be living with that visual for a while. <laughs> and so this, is, this practice has really been powerful for me to clothe myself in all these things. And notice that it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let. It isn't that God isn't giving us peace. We have to allow it in. We have to focus and receive. The let is a receiving kind of thing. So, you know, and then it's and it ends with be thankful. And that's how you let peace in, really. Isn't it interesting that Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 says that same thing. Do not be anxious in anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard, I love that, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And here it says, how do you guard your heart and mind? You let that peace rule in, how? By being thankful. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says the same thing. Pray, uh, be joyful always. Pray continually and be thankful in all circumstances. Right? Yeah. Being thankful, praying continually with thanksgiving produces peace and joy. So I clothe myself in all these things. I clothe myself in all of these characteristics of God every morning after letting go of yesterday and taking, you know, being intentional in that. So that's been the practice. Though I've been doing the exam and this nuance of it, of, of incorporating this, taking off clothes and putting clothes on, being clothed in Christ in this way, um, has been really powerful. Uh, I add, there's a few things I've added to the list besides the things mentioned. I've added creativity. Mm -hmm. clothe myself in I mean God spoke and the universe existed right I, who else is I really value creativity but who else is more creative than God right. well I mean what does it say in Romans like everything about him like every all his invisible qualities mm, are seen. literally seen but through his creation mm. I mean you only have to look around the world to 
go, well, that's one really creative God. <laughs> so, yeah, this is what, you know, it's been for me, it's been being clothed in these things. Uh, wisdom, insight, a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I value a sense of humor. I don't think of myself as a very funny person. <laughs> and so oh, I... Ouch. <laughs> so I ask for it. It's something I value. I ask for it. Creativity. I love... I love having a fertile imagination. And so I ask for creativity and, and that thing. So it's like, this is what I close. These are all qualities of who God is. I mean, you want to see a sense of humor? Look at Jesus, who goes to the people who pride themselves on having memorized the whole Old Testament and not only memorized it, but understand it. They pride themselves, the Pharisees. And then Jesus goes, haven't you ever read? (laughs) And then he quotes scripture to them. That isn't sarcasm. (laughs) That isn't a sense of humor. Come on. So anyway, I asked. There's also the platypus if you want to get down to it. (laughs) Someone once used that as the example to me of showing that God had a sense of humor. (laughs) That's good. You know, talk about something that looks wonky as heck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like for me, you know, I I used to hate the. I was in a band for years, and and our singer called me Kooky Kurt. That was his nickname, and I hated it because I wanted to be cool, Kurt. Mm. You know, instead of this goofball that he made me out to be. And now, so I would say, you want to see God's sense of humor? Look at me as well, and the goofiness aspect of it, of the kookiness. And now I just accept it. I'm, you know, I'm a big kid. God made me a big kid. I, I, I'm not serious about me. I, I, you know, I don't take myself. I, I'm taking myself less and less seriously all the time, but I'm deadly serious when it comes to knowing God. You know. Yeah. And this is the way for me. In the last few months, he's really grown that, and it takes time. This is not something. You know, what I'm talking about is a practice for me that takes, that examine takes about an hour of my morning because of just being still takes that kind of time. And then an Alexia Divina for me takes about another hour. Um, personally, not necessarily going to be that way for everyone. And so not everyone can do these kinds of things every day because unless you get up super early, uh. you know, like I used to. To do that stuff before the day started, but I would, I would do that, you know. I remember. Um, but there's, you know, it. It isn't saying that, you know, you have to do this for a long time. Some you can do it ten minutes as you're going to bed. Do do the examine part and just ask God as you're drifting off to sleep, to bring those memories to mind, and then trust that even if you fall asleep, He's honoring that in your dreams and when you wake up. You know, that he'll minister to you as you're sleeping. There's a reason why it's called evening in the morning, the first day, right? In Genesis chapter one, Uh, you know, it sets you up for the next day. So, or even doing once a week, you know, doing it on your weekend on a Saturday morning, asking God to, to show you where he was for you in that week, for the whole week, starting it that way. Those are good. Those are good practices. Um, I found the value in them, so... That's the, really the big one for me. How about you, Kim? Oh, man. <laughs> Unless there's some follow-up questions you have for me. I guess maybe, where would you suggest someone starts? Like, with the XMN and everything else? Like, it's it's all good to say, hey, try this. But I've, including my people, I've met other people, including myself, who've gone like, well, okay, I'm not a night person, I'm a morning person, but I work early. Or, you know, like, I just don't know where to start. Because sometimes being still, as you already mentioned, that's a really uncomfortable kind of scary thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, how did you start that? Because, I mean, you're kind of a more active imagination person, so I can't imagine that being still came naturally at first, at least. No. No, it didn't. No, it did not. And, in fact... When that stuff, when I first started, uh, this is where 
God also helped me practice awareness of my own self, my own feelings and thoughts, and, and has really created a, 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 more, a greater sensitivity to my own thoughts, my, my own patterns of thinking, my own feelings, uh, to notice when anxiety is building and rather than ignore it. Mm. And, go, and without even thinking, a pattern can be to ignore it and go to something that, to, you know, something else that will create distraction, you know, TV, whatever. Yeah. Anything from TV to alcoholism or whatever is in between, pornography or whatever. Um, so to to be still and and have that anxiety develop is in me of oh, I'm worried about whether I'm, God is actually going to bring some memories to mind. Notice that and give it over to Him. That's been a big part of this. This is that you have to do that. But I think, you know, a starting place for somebody who's really busy is a day off. Everybody has their days off. Get up on one of your days off and do it as, like I said, the weekly. Mm. Do it as a weekly. Um, it's uncomfortable. Anything, you start off anything new, it's uncomfortable. But when you get in the rhythm of it and, get, and you start to practice, it becomes more, sec, you know, like second nature all the time. And that's what it's become for me over this last year. It's become second nature to do this. I couldn't even imagine not doing this stuff. And God keeps bringing greater nuance, which is the clothing stuff, you know, yeah. like practicing that part of it. But the simple, just to get up and be still before God and go, God, where were you in the last 24 hours? Where was your presence? Where did I miss you? Where did I see you? That doesn't have to be an hour like me. It can be 10 minutes in the morning or in the evening. And whatever comes to mind in that 10 minutes, you set the alarm, I've got 10 minutes. And the alarm is set, so you don't even have to worry about the, you know, you don't, you can, you can, you can let go of the time frame because you have an alarm set will tell you when it's over. And you can just free your mind from wondering if you're late. Um, doing that, and like, you may only get one or two memories. That's still a win. One memory, sitting there for 10 minutes and not getting anything is still a win. In God's mind, because we practiced. This is, again, what we've said before. This is a practice. And the beautiful thing about with God, you know, every practice means that you don't have to be perfect. There's always mistakes and practices, and no one yells at anybody. Well, coaches do yell. <laughs> but with God as your coach and your father, he's not yelling. He's celebrating the practice itself that you practiced. Yeah, so. that's, that's really good. I think it's definitely something that we tend to get caught up in the mindset of, I have to get this right, right away. And when we don't becomes one of those things that you're just like oh my goodness why am I doing this am I wasting my time or you do it once or twice in the week and you forget the whole rest of the week and then you start beating yourself up over it right you know because I know how easy it can be to get back out of the practice of doing things right because I remember for a while there I was walking three four days of the week and then I think I had a cold or something and it threw my whole rhythm off and I still haven't quite gotten back into the habit of doing that again. Mm. Which drives me nuts because it was something I actually enjoyed doing mm. once I got out there. And I was like, why Why is that so hard to get back into? I was just like, I actually liked that. But, you know, I get home and I get on the sit on the bed <laughs> and the next thing I know I'm like, oh, it's been three hours. I don't want to move now. The body at rest. Yes. For those of you who listen to our Enneagram podcast, no, I am a nine. And the joke for the nines is that a body at rest tends to stay at rest. It's which true is, of it's true of all of us. And it, hmm, I've definitely found that to be extremely true in my case. If I keep moving, I'm fine. If I stop, hmm. it, it sometimes. It takes either a commitment to someone else or dynamite <laughs> to get me moving again. 
God's got a couple sticks of dynamite handy. I've noticed. Believe me. <laughs> the dynamite. I'm like, mm, I'd like to avoid that dynamite, but I'm comfy. <laughs> so how, how about you, Kim? Oh, man. The big things have been a lot of just like realizing how much I still don't see God clearly. Mm. Um, as you know, we, we met yesterday and we were talking about a dream that I literally just had two weeks ago. And, you know, all I was getting when I was asking God about the dream, because it was a nice superhero dream, because, you know, with weird things like Jack Black being in it, which was just strange. Even when I was asleep, I was weirded out by that. By Jack Black being in your dream. I was dream. just like, what? What? Jack Black is randomly in my dream. Okay. Like, there was a part of me going, what in the world? <laughs> you know, and it was like, I didn't tell you, but it was like the, the, the dad, the superhero in the story looked like, there's an old Disney hero movie called Up, Up, and Away. Yeah. And the dad looked like that. Like, the, the dad from that movie. And huh. the kid kind of looked like the son from that, too. And I was just like, okay... Like, this is really weird, but, I, you know, I'm in the middle of the stream, and, like, I mean, it was super vivid, and I woke up. I'd only been asleep for, like, an hour and a half, not even two hours, mm. which was not my happy place <laughs> by any stretch since I had to work the next morning. And God's like, write it down. I'm like, I really don't want to. I would like to go back to sleep. He's like, nope. I'm not going to shut up about this, so let's let's write it down. You know, and I, of course, managed to put off processing the dream for a solid week. <laughs> which actually for me that's somewhat of a low record <laughs> unfortunately we're we're slowly learning to pay attention to things sooner yeah and not Short put accounts. off keeping shorter accounts on that um but when i was going through the dream like even when i was in the middle of it like i don't know how many people have watched um, a lot of people have watched the second um i'm going to say the wrong name and that's going to be really annoying <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, number two. There we go. Um, and I just remember watching that for the first time in the theater and knowing the second I saw Ego that he was the bad guy. Mm. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that he was not trustworthy and that this was going to end horribly. <laughs> like, it just wasn't a surprise to me. I have no idea why. Like, so many people like were like, what? What just happened? I'm like, no, this, no, <laughs> it was pretty obvious from the beginning to me. And, and then when I'm watching this stream and it's this kid who's like, he's got superpowers, but he's all alone and he's searching for his dad and he's getting picked on and bullied and his dad's nowhere to be seen. At least you don't see him in the dream. Mm -hmm. And finally he keeps getting stronger the more this keeps happening and finally, there's this kid who'd been picking on him, and he finally feels like he's ready to take him on. So instead of running away, this time he stands up. And the kid attacks him, and he's using, like, a water power, and it looks like he's about to drown. I mean, the kid's, like, got him up in the air with water surrounding his head. Like, there's no way he's getting out of this. And it switches to the dad's point of view. And he's with his friend, and his friend's like, well, aren't you going to do something? Like, your kid's about to die... And you're just standing here. And his dad's like, oh no, it's fine. He's got it. And even in the dream, I'm sitting there going, what the... <laughs> Words I'm not supposed to use on... Well, anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, like, I was kind of ticked. I was like, what the crud? Like, he's been looking for you forever. You finally show up. He's clearly in trouble. And you're not doing anything. Mm. And, of course, it turns out that the kid actually is fine. He manages to absorb the power. Like, that was his power, was to absorb others' power and turn it against them. And, you know, he succeeds, and the dad shows up, and suddenly he's taken him under his wing. But then almost immediately, the kid's in danger again, and this time it's something the dad throws him into with not seeming enough information. And, <laughs> and the friend's once again going what are you doing? Like, there's just this knowledge that, like, other kids have gone down there and they've died. Mm. And you're sending your son down there. 
And the dad, once again, is like, if he's really my son, he'll be fine. And there's just this feeling, that same feeling I had with ego, like, of something isn't right here. You know? And it continues on, and, like, kid faces up the supercomputer, and he wins. Again. You know? And once again, switches. This is like, oh, he won again. This is a miracle. <laughs> you know, it kind of seemed like it wasn't going to go well. And then it changes to something super random, like they're at a super summer camp for superheroes. You know, and they get in a water balloon fight, and at one point Jack Black belly flops onto a water balloon that causes, like, essentially, like, a tidal wave of water to sweep <laughs> down the hill. I could see that. Yeah, which I was like, well, that actually makes sense. Seems like the whole purpose for him to be in the dream was just for that one belly flop moment. You know, and then, like, the kid and the dad are having a good time, and they're hanging out, and a hornet shows up, like, one that you know is scary. Like, in the dream, you're like, oh, this is bad. Think murder hornet, (laughs) level times ten. And... The kid freaks out because he's terrified of bees. Well, which makes sense because I'm terrified of bees. Right. And, you know, and he's like, he's like, dad goes to kill it, but apparently doesn't actually kill it. And then the thing flies out, stings him, and all of a sudden there's like a, literally a swarm chasing the kid. And, like, you can just sit there and I'm like, really? All you had to do was smush a hornet. <laughs> You're a superhero. You couldn't smush one hornet. (laughs) You made it worse. And of course, then I wake up because at that point I'm being, you know, by this point I'm in the view of the kid and I'm being chased by a swarm of hornets, which is very high on my list of things I would prefer not to have happen in real life. Yeah, and I just, that whole time I was just like, man. Yeah, and so, like, one of the things you taught me when we were talking about processing dreams is to ask God what the title of the dream is. And the title he gave me was, Who's the Enemy? Mm. And so when I was first thinking about he's, I was, like, talking to God in my typical place. You know, we're in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Getting ready, because, you know, I've got, I'm busy, my hands are busy, everything else is busy, but my brain is completely free to focus. It's... And so we're there, and he's like, why do you think I said that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you gonna tell me? And he started going, he's like, he's like, there's still times where you're not seeing me clearly. Where you're acting like I'm the dad in that dream, and I'm not gonna do what I said I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna leave you to handle everything on your own. And I was like, oh. You know, he's like, you're acting like you still have to try to do all of this yourself. Like, you still have to prove something to me. And he's like, that's not the case. You know? Like, he's like, I've got this. And then, and for me, I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't realize I'd been doing it. But then I was like, looking back, you know, in the last couple of years, I'm really good with thoughts and emotions and philosophy. But then I was looking at my day-to-day life and realizing I was still kind of living like I didn't really believe what he was saying. Mm. You know? Like, I wasn't act. I was still living like I didn't have a future, and like what I was doing now didn't matter. Which was, I was like, okay, that kind of hurt a bit. So like that's that's been my challenge. Is you know he he was, we were in uh, the girls' Bible study this week, and we're talking about Galatians, or we're in Hebrews. Yeah, not <laughs> said the name of the Bible study instead of <laughs> we're in Galatians, and they're talking in about Hebrews. we're in Hebrews. Wow, I did it again. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're in Hebrews and we're talking about how so many of the Israelites missed out on their inheritance. And they missed out on the promise of God's rest because they allowed unbelief to rule their hearts. Mm. You know, I mean, it literally says, (laughs) it's literally, sorry, I need to find that because fortunately in the right translation uh, let's see here. so it's in Hebrews chapter 3 the last verse 19 it says it is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance 
because they wrap their hearts in unbelief. Hmm. You know, and that the, it goes on in Hebrews 4 to talk about, in verse 2 it says, For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. It's back to that putting on again, right? Um, the idea of let peace rule your heart. God is giving us peace. We have to receive it. And so there's that, there's that aspect uh, in that of, yeah, I'm giving it, but there, this is a two-person operation, right? Every relationship, giver, receiver, that flows back and forth. It isn't just up to the giver. The receiver has to reach out and take the gift of rest or peace or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's, that is definitely where he's been challenging me lately with, you know, he keeps saying, well, this is who I say you are. Will you receive that? Will you put that in place of the lies that you've believed? You know, will you rest? Like today, the, <laughs> the same one I was telling you yesterday. So all of Hebrews 4, a whole bunch of it. You know, he's like, today, I've given you today. Mm. You know, what is the cheesy Kung Fu Panda saying? You know, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yeah. You know. And it's true. And I'm learning more and more. Like, I can't change what I did yes yesterday. I can't change what I missed, what I didn't do or what I did do. But I do have today. Right. You know, today I get to choose what I believe. I get to choose whether or not I'm going to really believe that I am who he says. Or that he is who he says. You know, because... <laughs> You know, so much has happened since we met last. I keep thinking about, like, Sammy breaking his foot. Mm, right. While I was before house... We, bef before... We, since the last recording. Since the last recording. Sammy breaks his foot while you guys which are is, on vacation. Which is my cat. Your cat. Yeah, yeah. Your cat, Sammy, breaks his foot while you guys are on vacation and while I'm house-sitting and cat-sitting. <laughs> what happened, Kim? <laughs> Yeah, you you would think it wouldn't be that. I mean, it's like, okay, well, cat be stupid. Yeah, Sorry, I love your cat. But no, I agree. He has his moments. Oh, big time. But it was so crazy to me, like that instant condemnation and shame that came on me because somehow, like, the one of the lies I believe, you know, it was my fault. Mm. Like, you know, you're responsible. Yeah. You know, and like having to deal with that, like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Seriously, what else is going to go wrong? You know, and God was like, well, why? Why are you believing this so deeply? Like, I mean, this is not a natural response to someone else. You know, it'd be one thing if I threw a book at him in his foot. Right, right. <laughs> or stepped on him or kicked him or whatever, which none of that happens. No. I mean, literally, checked on one day, he's fine. Checked on another day, it's like, he's limping. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and he's not the cat you want to have to do an up-close personal check on. No, he's a little bit surly. A little bit surly? Dude, he's drawn blood. Ugh. A little bit surly, like I said. <laughs> right. But, and you know, speaking of the short accounts, of course, God asks the question, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. You know, and I came to the conclusion that that was kind of how I was raised. Uh, just, you know, I was responsible for my mom's happiness. I was responsible for my sister. You know, like, there was all this sense of responsibility for things that realistically weren't mine to hair cold or carry or control. Like, they weren't things I could actually do. But I was expected to. And, of course, that meant I constantly failed at them. Hmm. You know? Like, you can't be responsible for someone else's happiness. Right. You know, in the, in the end, that's their responsibility. I mean, yeah, don't be a jerk. But, 
you know, it says, be at all peace with all men as much as it lies within you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that really, to me, is the beauty of holiness, as we've been talking about. Holiness yeah. is this is this place where we get unentangled that from other people, where we can love them and give ourselves away to them as Jesus even did, came into this world, right? We would have never came into his world. He had to come into our world after us. But even though he was in the world, he was not of the world, right? Yeah. In other words, his love is different from what the world calls love. The world calls love is this. I'm going to give you what I think you need, but I have expectations mm. when I give this. And if you don't meet those expectations, if you choose to do something else with what I give you, I've there's, there's strings attached, and I am attached to those strings. And when you do things that go against my expectations, I get tangled up in those strings. I get pulled in to your crazy and the things you did with what I gave you that I think shouldn't have happened. But with God, there's no strings attached. That's unconditional love. That's his holiness. God is, has a, there is, there's a good kind of indifference it's holy indifference, where God can give everything to us, everything we need, without any expectations, without strings attached. So then when we go run wild and use what he gave us, even against him, right? We take the gifts and we actually use them to hurt him. God keeps giving because he doesn't get, he, there's no strings attached, so he's not entangled in our crazy way of thinking. And that's holiness. There is a holiness is that idea of separation. And this is where there's heart separation. Though he gives himself away, there is a separation of not getting entangled. Yeah. And there's a buffer. You do what you want. You know that the song, the Fleetwood Mac song, you can go your own way. Right? <laughs> well, where that song is ripe with bitterness yeah. in it and jealousy. God says that from a holy indifference. You can go your own way. And I'm still coming after you and loving you. I'm going to step aside and let you go your own way, but I'm going to come after you. And I'm going to love you until you turn around. And if you never turn around, I'm still going to keep loving you because I'm not attached to your, your insecurities. I did, not get, I did not get attached to them. I'm separated from that. That's beautiful. And yeah. makes makes me understand holiness at a different level than I did even a year ago, you know? And that's really what's happening with you. Because God is detaching you from the responsibilities and all the strings. He's cutting all the strings, <laughs> right? Yeah. That your family attached. And their love, quote unquote <laughs> love, which is love, yeah. But it's a it's not a holy love. There's a bunch of strings. And he's showing you the difference between his holy, unconditional love and your parents' earthly love. And where yeah. where there was a difference, right? For sure. Yeah. So good. I was even cracking up because, you know, I was when we were praying before this and I was mentioning that there was a letter I had in my backpack. I keep a few of the like messages from God just as a good reminder and one of them was a letter I wrote during my ministry school from how many years ago from 16 years ago I was wow. 21 wow when I wrote that and it was one of those God things where it was like it was exactly what I needed to hear because it was even like honor your mom and your dad but don't let them dictate your life mm. like serve God first like remember who you are Remember whose you are. Remember that your value is not based on anything you could do or say, but that Jesus literally said you were worth every moment of his life and every drop of his blood. Mm. And that that's who you are first. I was just like, I was almost in tears. I was as close to tears as I get around other people on average. You know, I was just like, what 
like, I've read this letter once or twice a year, probably at least, for 16 years, and I was always like, okay, me, well, you certainly seem to know some of what was coming. You know, writing a letter to yourself. It wasn't even one of those, I think this is what God is here telling me. This was literally just, it was something that they wanted us to do before we went on to our ministry part of it. When we were still in class, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, write a letter to your future self. And who knew, 16 years later, I was like, oh, okay. That future self was going to need it. <laughs> future self was going to need it 16 years later before going on the podcast. You know, I'm feeling a little out of practice with it. It's been a few you know, months. It's been a few months. You know, and of course, you know, the joy I feel in not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Totally in your comfort zone. So in my comfort zone. <laughs> You know, but I think that's 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 definitely one of the other things he's been challenging me on is to start stepping out of the comfort zone. Like, going to an all-girls Bible study is not in my comfort zone. Hopefully they're not listening. Hopefully. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I already, I already told at least two of them, so I think we're good. You know, it, it's, you know, it's little bits and pieces of leftover insecurity. You know, that God's like, hey, I want to take care of this one, too. Like, let's not let pride stop you from... From asking me for help on this thing again. Yeah, I freed you this much, but there's always more freedom. Just like I see him more clearly now than I did a year ago. Yeah. Or two years ago. But he keeps showing me how much more he has to show me of who he really is. You know? And that, <laughs> in the middle of all that running, you know, the thing that brought me back was just him telling me. It was like, the best that I can give you is myself. And I'm holding none of myself back from you. Yeah. And everything I am is what I give you all the time. Yeah, I love saying he doesn't always give us the answers that we think we want. But he always gives us something better himself. Yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> realistically, that's more than enough. You know, there's way too many things that, yeah, I don't have answers for things. You know, there's things in my life that every once in a while I still go, really? Why did you let that happen? You know, you look at it from a perspective, from our perspective, and it doesn't look good. Yeah, if we look from our perspective, right. <laughs> but that's what Thanksgiving is, right? Going back to that. Thanksgiving is choosing to change the perspective to see what's good, and which is heaven's perspective, so yeah. when we choose to be intentional in giving thanks, we turn from our perspective to the heavenly perspective. And it really reminds me of what you said earlier in the dream, where you said that this kid, his father was standing by, and if I remember correctly, in, in one scene his father's like, the father's friend is like, he's, he's dead, like this is going to kill him, and yeah. the father's like, Watch, he's got this. And then the kid absorbs the power and then turns it, turns, you even use the words today, yeah. turns it back on, it, on the enemy. Well, that is what Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is. What the enemy uses brings against us to create anxiety. We then take and flip to God in prayer with thanksgiving and the very thing that the enemy used to bring anxiety becomes peace that surpasses all understanding in martial arts that's called aikido <laughs> using your enemy's momentum against them like taking their the running at you putting an elbow up so that it hits them in the throat, right? Their own momentum, right? Yeah. This is what what that dream is all about. God is standing by, like the father who's standing by it, like my son's got this. And the son absorbing the attack and turning it back on them, for us that's prayer yeah. with thanksgiving. And God is standing by waiting right there with us the whole time, whether we can see him or not waiting in the shadows for us to cry out in our anxiety and 
and give it over to him with thanksgiving for who he is. And then his power through us overwhelms the anxiety of the enemy with peace. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the thanksgiving part, seeing it through heaven's perspective, choosing to see through heaven's perspective. Yeah, it really is about being willing to make that choice, choosing to receive, choosing to be thankful, choosing to go, God, I'm hanging on by my fingertips, but I trust who you say you are, even though I don't feel it in this moment, even though I don't see you in this moment. I mean, because that kid could have given up. It would have made sense to give up, and a lot, a lot of people would have thought that. You know, hey, how many times are you going to get attacked, get knocked down, get the crud kicked out of you before you just go, it's not worth it. Right. And blame God. Blame God, blame, <laughs> you know, everything else and stay the victim. Yep. Instead of what God says we are is more than a conqueror in Romans 8, right? We're more than a conqueror. Yeah. And he's saying, you've got this. You're more than a conqueror. You've got it. Yeah. You have all of my power. Yeah. And and that's where Thanksgiving and prayer with prayer comes in. Hmm. Seeing that power and trusting it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good (laughs) stuff. Uh, So we're at really at the end of this thing. So I think uh, I think that leaves us with prayer, with Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Before that. I just want to say, if there, if you want to reach out to us, uh, Life Hurts, God Heals, we do have an email, which is really just lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. Maybe we should have changed that to 2020s, <laughs> you know. But it's lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Life Hurts, God Heals, and we're there. We love to hear from you. We love to even hear uh, if you have prayer requests or you have questions or if you uh, disagree with <laughs> what we're talking about. We're imperfect people, finite, flawed human beings. And like Kim said, we're on a journey. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we're always growing and learning, as Kim pointed out, right? Uh, so we... We will take all of that. And if you want to support this ministry financially, you, you're more than free to do that. And I want to say this on that end. Um, we're not asking for anything. The only thing that we are asking is if God places it on your heart to give, then don't ignore that. Follow that prodding. But if you feel an obligation to give, please don't. We, we only want, uh, we're not asking for anything. We're only saying if God places it on your heart, do it. Because that's from him. So, yeah. <laughs> Life Hurts God Heals 2020 at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook. Kim, do you want to do the honors? and Sure, why praying? not? <sighs> Dad, thank you that you are so good to speak to us. Thank you that it's not an obligation, something you feel you have to do, but something you enjoy. It's such a joy to be your kid and to get to rest in the knowledge that you're not tolerating us, you're not regretting making us, but you enjoy being with us that you delight in us. And that is something we get to rest in, that you never leave or forsake us. That is such an amazing promise, that even when we are faithless, you are faithful, because you can't deny who you are. Mm. Dad, thank you for bringing Kurt and I back together again. Thank you that even though we (laughs) weren't sure what we were going to talk about or where we were going to move, that you, you provided everything that we needed dad even to having a fun laugh right before this (laughs) with just the perfect timing 
your perfect timing, Dad, that you knew that we needed to focus on something other than our lack. Mm. Dad, because, yeah, without you, we can't do anything. But the beauty is that you promise us that you never leave us, which means we never have to do anything without you. Dad, just thank you that you are the victorious one, that you promise us that you've already won the war. And so we get to fight from a place where you've already won. We get to fight from victory and not for victory. Dad, I just ask that you would help us all to seek you more. That whether it be through the X-Men or whether it be through Lexia Divina or just regular quiet times, that you would give us a hunger and thirst to know you better and through knowing you to see ourselves more clearly as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be back next week, and I think we're going to have a special guest. Right? I know. I'm pretty excited about our guest, for sure. So that's going to be fun. So yeah, join us again, and in the meantime... Be blessed and take care.